Introduction They were conquerors, and for that you want only brute force. Nothing to boast of when you have it, since your strength is just an accident arising from the weakness of others. Joseph Conrad, Heart of Darkness The fall of France and the Low Countries in May and June 1940 was one of the most remarkable military campaigns in Western history, and, arguably, one of the most distinguished victories ever won. The fighting in those weeks shocked the world, not for his protracted horror, but for the lack of it. The Germans managed to conjure up a decisive victory over a first-class military power that was predicted by very few, and which proved to be a significant step towards an increasingly global and destructive conflict. As such, it is an event that has retained a great vibrancy to all those who have recognized its military and historical importance. There are few other campaigns that have raised more questions about its origins, conduct, and outcome, and offered so many contrasting answers in response. Part of its fascination and complexity stems from the fact that its main participants have been fighting each other over much of the same terrain a little over two decades before. It is, of course, almost impossible not to contrast the images of the Stücker dive bombers and dust-coated panzer in a war of great movement with others of the heavy artillery and mud-encrusted rifles of that war of a position fought earlier in the century. Whether either pair of images is an accurate representation of either conflict is a matter of debate, but the fact that they have seeped into Western consciousness is irrefutable, and challenges us to remember that the two conflicts were separated by just a single generation, and, moreover, that the 1940 campaign took place within living memory of the seminal French defeat by Prussia in 1870. The First World War was but the latest episode in a long history of Franco-German enmity. It was an antagonism that, together with Germany's chronic anxieties about the East, was central to the history and development of Europe. It was an hereditary enmity nourished by territorial rivalry. The aspiration to dominate continental Europe, national pride and shame, and a desire for revenge. It was marked by centuries of threats, invasion, aggressive diplomacy, and, on occasion, simmering antipathy, which helped forge national identities. It led to bloodshed and to 23 Franco-German wars from the mid-14th century to the early 16th century alone. As one commentator has written, For centuries, the history of France and Germany has been a continual effort of the two nations to get closer, to understand, to unite, to merge. Indifference was never possible for them. They had to hate or love one another, fraternize or go to war. France's and Germany's destiny will never be established nor assured individually. The Treaty of Versailles, signed in late June 1919 in the same building, where in 1871 a conceited Prussian king had proclaimed himself Kaiser, was an attempt by France to put a full stop to its old rival's ambitions. But the Germans only perceived the terms of the treaty as a humiliation and determined to take their revenge. Franco-German enmity provides some useful context for an understanding of Hitler's campaign against France, but that task is made much more difficult not only by the pain, humiliation and division caused by the French defeat in 1940, but also by the eventual German defeat in 1945. As a result, despite voluminous publications by academics and authors, 
attempts to hit the bullseye of Leopold von Ranke's insistence that historians establish what really happened have, in this instance, largely failed. Such attempts have been further hampered by the fact that any campaign is a fast-moving target. For with each passing decade, events are reinterpreted to reflect changing times, themes and attitudes, writing styles and methods of research. Consequently, the 1940 campaign is no longer the province of the military historian alone, for, in the words of Sir Michael Howard, the roots of victory and defeat often have to be sought far from the battlefield, in political, social and economic factors, which explain why armies are constituted as they are, and why their leaders conduct them in the way they do. Without some knowledge of the broader background to military operations, one is likely to reach totally erroneous conclusions about their nature and the reasons for their failure and success. This book provides some new ideas about why events happened as they did in May and June 19.